Hi, Dr. Gary here. We're still working. The evening's upon us, so sorry for the lighting. We sell dental practices nationwide. We're dental practice brokers. Uh, today's topic is what happens when the seller refuses to counteroffer when the buyer presents a letter of intent. Let's get into what happened. Once again, we try to give you real live uh, information as it's breaking. So as you know, we've been doing this for 13 years now. I was a dentist for 25. We have 10 employees. We're in 28 states and here to serve you. Feel free to call us at any time. Our number is 201-663-0935. And our website is dentalpracticeguide.com or nationwidedentalpracticebrokers.com. All the, we work every day except Christmas and Easter, so you can always reach us. Now, the information you're about to hear is for entertainment purposes only. It is not for legal purposes at all. Hey. Also, if you're thinking about selling to a DSO, please remember that we're independent and we can pick and choose which DSO we think is the best for you. So please call us. The DSO world is changing now quite a bit. And we feel that we're on the cutting edge with these things. So please call us and we'll let you know what's up. Also, as we move on to today's topic, uh, you know, we try to give you information that's late breaking that happened today or yesterday, whatever. We don't have time to go to studios and do a fancy tape. Uh, and with the fancy plants and lighting, a blue screen, uh, you're, you're in the wrong spot for that. But if you want cutting edge action, what happened today, uh, we'll try to give you that information. So, seller is presented with a letter of intent to purchase a dental practice. Practice is grossing about a million. Very nice inside. The doctor built the office from scratch, so I knew everything about the office. He used the best materials, etc., best equipment. It was like a timeless office, wide hallways. It was just really well designed. So what happened was the letter, we had an offer of intent. I think it was in the 68th percentile. And the seller felt that offer is way too low. The expectations of the seller was 85th to 90th percentile, or closer to 90 percentile, because the practice had tremendous potential and it was underserved because the seller um, was only able to work there part-time. It wasn't a full-time schedule. It was only working there part-time. He had been a caregiver to his uh, parents and really wanted to spend time with his uh, mom. And he sacrificed the practice a little bit. But that was his, uh, you know, it was his passion to be with his mom and to provide the best of care. 
So he was only working in the practice two, three days, two, two and a half, three days a week. That was it. So the practice had a lot of potential and patients were booked out pretty far. So we, uh, we said to the seller, look, here's a letter of intent. You're at 68th percentile. Seller gets upset and says, hey, that's not even close to what I want. I told you I wanted minimum 85 to 90 percent. I said, I know, but based on the bank evaluation, the cash flow, the analysis, based on the practices that are sold, uh, this is the number they came up with. So the seller says, I don't care. It's too low. Go find me somebody that's going to pay more money. Well, that could become a little challenging. But at the same time, I could understand their point of view. You know, they built the practice from scratch. They were there designing it from scratch. They know that it was the best built equipment, best insulation, best windows. Uh, there was no drafts. Everything was sealed. He had the best craftsmanship do it, uh, build it. Of course, that was, you know, 20 years ago, but still it was the best. And he felt, hey, somebody will make back the extra money that I'm asking for in no time. And you know, I have to agree that to some extent, I understand where the seller is coming from under these circumstances. Because the office was a great office. And knowing how long it takes to buy a great office and find a great one with a great location and the great footprint at seven operatories at modern equipment, you don't have to put any money into it. I mean, I guess, is it worth the 85 to 90 percentile? Well, it would depend on how fast you're going to make the money back. Because remember, you're buying a business that's generating income. And I firmly believe you can make the money back. But it is not my decision. It is the cash flow that the bank evaluates it on. It is the doctors, the, the buyer's accountant. And all due respect to the accountant. And you have to listen to your professionals. But can you occasionally pay 15% more than you're comfortable with, but this would have been 17% more. Will the bank provide the funding for it? So you have a situation that the seller is refusing to counteroffer. Well, what do you do? Because now you're betting against yourself. You're at 68%. You want feedback from the seller. So there is no counteroffer. So you as the buyer have to go up in your price, kind of betting against yourself, trying to figure out what's going to take the seller to put this together. But the seller doesn't want to deal with the buyer now because the seller's upset that the buyer put in the number too low. My response to that is, hey, it's an offer. We can counteroffer whatever we want. We don't have to get upset at it. But... You know, somebody that's worked all their life in a practice, built the practice from scratch, they just feel it has a certain value. And as a dentist, I can understand their feelings, but at the same time, I have to understand what the buyer's feelings are. Then the buyer has a cash flow situation with um, his bank. So 
this is, uh, you know, something that has to, uh, that has to work for him also. We're going to see what happens. It's in the buyer's court now, because the seller will not negotiate, will not get a counteroffer. So the only option the buyer has is to try to talk to the seller and try to find out a common ground. But if the seller is not going to give a counteroffer, what's the buyer supposed to do? So this is a challenging situation we have here. That I don't know what's going to happen. The buyer can walk away. The seller can wait for more buyers. The seller feels in this situation there's other buyers out there. I'm going to keep waiting. Now the buyer, if the buyer walks, how long is it going to take the buyer to find such a quality office like this that has everything this office has? The real estate, the well-built real estate. This building, by the way, has uh, enough rental income to take care of all the taxes on the building, plus all the utilities, plus pay part of the mortgage. Lovely mortgage. So, you know, there's something there. And uh, how long is it going to take the buyer to find something like that? So all these things have to be taken into consideration. I know what I know now. I guess I would spend the extra money and kick it up to the 85th, 90th percentile. Uh, but I can't tell a buyer to do that. I can only see what I may do. But we have a situation that I don't know what's going to happen now. I think the seller is going to wait. Until I bring more buyers in that are prepped, you got to pay top dollar and don't bother looking. This is an odd situation uh, that the buyer is going to be in, but those are the instructions from the seller. So let's see what happens. Keep you posted. Sorry for the late night. Uh, the lighting is poor. I realize that. But the message is the same. Whether it's bright or middle of the day, it's the same message. Uh, we have a lot of new uh, practices. Well, this thing, they're coming out on our uh, email blast. Make sure you get on that. If not, call us. You sign a non-disclosure agreement. Just get approved by, you know, uh, one of the bank's pre-approval. And we'll get you the list. And then once you get the list of new practices, you'll receive it every four to six weeks. I think the last one, we have 12 new practices. All right. Thanks, Mike.